movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreaded Media Podcast. This is episode 155, Spider-Man No Way Home is right around the corner. Tickets are a bit of a hassle to get if you try to get yeah. them when tickets drop. I'll go into more detail about that later, but we're right around the corner from Spider-Man. We have some Spider-Man news, so we're going to talk about Spider-Man moments. A few weeks ago, we did the best Star Wars moments from each movie, so that's what we're going to do with spider-man basically any theatrically released movie live action or animated because we would be getting roasted alive if we excluded into the spider-verse so mm-hmm. any theatrically released spider-man movie we're going to talk about today our favorite moment as well as an honorable mention but before we get into all that josh how you doing today i'm chilling bro it's uh it's been a week pretty busy week so far for me not really work wise but uh i've been making some good headway on some projects i'm working on behind kind of on my own time and it's going pretty well i also started playing a new game and that's taken over my life in a way that i didn't think it would uh it was also thanksgiving how was your thanksgiving oh yeah that that was a thing that (laughs) happened last week (laughs) it was nice man i mean the whole had the whole family in town i mean i've got two siblings that are married and so they kind of alternate which major holiday we get them for for each year so They've just also happened to do it to where they both come here for Thanksgiving and then next year we'll get them both for Christmas. That way we're not like missing somebody every holiday. So that it, it was nice. We were, did a lot of hiking, watched a, lot, watched a lot of stuff, played a lot of games. It was nice. What about you? Uh, pretty good. Just hung out with my parents and a family friend. Um, pretty pretty low key. Heather was up in Illinois. Um, haven't really watched a whole lot. Uh, I have started watching Hawkeye. The first three episodes yeah. are now available. Have you started watching that yet? Yeah, I've seen the first two. We watched them as a family. Um, I'm intrigued, but bored. Really? Yeah. Is it because it's too low stakes for the current MCU? I, I Maybe that's what it is. Because, like, you know, with WandaVision, you have the lives of an entire town at stake, basically. Uh, with... Um, uh, oh, geez. Winter Soldier, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you have quite literally the fate of the whole U.S., basically, on on the plate. Like, so I guess, like, maybe it's not, I'm sure the stakes will get bigger, but at this particular moment, it's not that big. And he I have, great. I will I say, know. I have seen the episode that dropped today when we were recording this. I have seen episode three. I saw it this okay. morning. And it's probably one of my favorite episodes of any of the Marvel Disney Plus shows yet. Okay. Like, it's really, really well paced. You get some good character moments. You get awesome action. You get more of uh, the Echo, the character that was teased at the end of episode two. You get a really interesting introduction to her at the beginning of this episode that actually... It's kind of like what Abby in Last of Us 2 should have been. You kind of, mm. okay, you're bad, but I can empathize and see you as the human that you are. Plus, yeah. there's been some breadcrumbs laid for some big characters in the first two episodes. There's some big references in the third episode that I'm going. If the rumors that we've heard are right, Hawkeye is going to be a show that a lot of people are going to be mad that they aren't watching because... There might be some big characters down the road, but so far, I really like it, and I actually like that it's smaller scale. It's the, it's the Ant Man in the middle of the Avengers type that's movie, fair. to me, of like smaller scale, but that's the, your breathing room. 
Haley Steinfeld, I think, is absolutely crushing it, but so is yep. Jeremy Renner. I think they're playing yeah. off each other so perfectly. Um, I I like Jeremy Renner being able to flex his humorous muscle. I like that they still have the family dynamic with his... I've always really enjoyed his family ever since we got introduced to them in Age yeah. of Ultron. I think that's a really strong element to the character that family isn't a really prevalent thing in the MCU until the Fantastic Four comes along, yeah. which... I forgot to mention, you sent me something recently about the um, two kids from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. The, the main kid from Jojo Rabbit, I really wouldn't mind if he's Franklin Richards and the Fantastic Four down the road. Yeah, like a like a young Richards. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. I love the dude. First of all, those two kids are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, though, like the show's been pretty good. Like, I, and I think episode three will nothing, get you back on board. I agree. Like, there's nothing. It was like two episodes of not a lot to sink my teeth into necessarily. Like, okay, we need to get Jeremy's not really clear as to quote unquote why he has to get the suit back, other than the Ronin did like a lot of terrible things and in the wrong hands it could be kind of disastrous for that person. But like which I guess is a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. I do, however, I laughed and I don't this isn't really a spoiler necessarily, but the reason they give for Hawkeye having a hearing aid in this... I've just seen um, some stuff. Like, yeah, basically, like, at, at, when, I, when they showed it, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess... I guess that makes a lot of sense, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> why, did it why did we're we like, there's no reason for him to have it? But, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, Without saying too much, the explosions. They, they do go a little bit more down that path in episode three as he comes into contact with someone that is actually, like, fully deaf. So I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the show he doesn't have the hearing aid anymore and more or less fully embraces deaf culture while, like, he is still... Not fully deaf yet. He makes the distinction very clearly in one of the episodes of like, I'm hard of hearing, not deaf. So I wouldn't be surprised if he loses his hearing completely at some point yeah. in the show. Um, but I do think it's cool that we're getting more of that element of the ASL community. Um, I've always been fascinated with sign language. I think that's a super cool thing. I really thought it was awesome in A Quiet Place. Um, supposedly it was represented in the Eternals, but didn't see the Eternals. Um but I'm on board with Hawkeye. I, I think it's cool. It's a change of pace. And so far, because they're setting the stakes so low, we can't be disappointed when the stakes aren't bombastic at the end, WandaVision. Yeah. True. That's fair enough. Uh, you've been watching anything else? Uh, oh, uh, Heather and I, have, like I've said a few weeks ago, we've been going through all the Spider-Man movies leading up nice, to nice, No Way nice. Home's release. So last night we watched Amazing Spider-Man, which still... I do not get why people bag on this movie. They're like, it's too much like the Toby one. It's so good. Yes, there's some stuff that I still don't particularly like, like Andrew Garfield's t um, Transformer Shia LaBeouf stutter, like the entire movie. Like, yeah. just let me just, let me just, 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 just say the words, dang it. <laughs> Rewatching re it now, Andrew Garfield is not the MVP of this movie. It is 100% Emma Stone's. Uh, Gwen Stacy, she is so good in this movie. Like, I kind of get sick of the two of them in the second one because they get a little too sappy. Yeah, they do. They get two 500 Days of Summer because, you know, Mark Webb. But she's so good in this, and I appreciate that unlike most superhero movies where the guy has to chase after the girl, she's the one that's absolutely more proactive in the relationship. Like, yeah. she's the one that asks him out. She's the one that starts the flirting with him. Like, I love the line of just, like, what's your name? 
you don't know my name? No, I, I know your name. I want you to tell me your name. So you <laughs> don't have a good, so you don't have a concussion. <laughs> also, like I've flip flopped between which Uncle Ben I like more, uh, Cliff Robertson or um oh what am I Martin Sheen. I was blanking on his name. I was like West Wing guy. Rewatching it like so quickly back to back, I think I definitely lean more towards the Martin Sheen. Like Cliff mm. Robertson is great as Uncle Ben, but he's much more of that just like kind of stereotypical wise old man trope as opposed to Martin Sheen. I feel like it feels a little more fleshed out. Um, if I can merge the two, I'd put Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben and Tobey Maguire's Aunt May together because I prefer that Aunt May over yeah. the Sally Field one. But I really like the Uncle Ben. That being said, I still hate how Uncle Ben dies in The Amazing because it's not actually Peter's fault like it is in the Toby one. Yeah. It's just like, here, you couldn't buy your milk. To which, I'm sorry, but that is absolutely how the leave a penny, take a penny thing works. Like, the, the guy's just being a dick. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <Yes>. Like, <laughs> he needs two uh. cents. That, that's what the take a penny thing is there for. It's just milk, man. Just because you have a crappy, like, like mall rat's job. Like, you're the, the Kevin Smith stand-in here. Um, I, I still have some issues, but it's not the movie's fault. It's more or less like a... We're trying to do a Spider-Man origin, but we know we can't copy the Toby one. Like, the scene that still irritates the living crap out of me today is when he dunks on Flash, and he gets in trouble for that. I'm like... Yeah. Why is he in trouble? Also, yeah. quick change. When uh, Flash... Uh, blocks the ball and the ball like knocks over the paint. Why isn't that Gwen Stacy doing the banner? Like that would make more sense if Peter stick sticking up for Gwen. Just a weird insert, yeah. but I still really enjoy Amazing Spider-Man, even if it's got my least favorite suit. I think the the ba- awful basketball design, the yeah. bas- the basketball suit. Although I don't like Night Monkey in Far From Home. That's that's yeah. got to be up there too. But I know you are you have a love relationship no mainly love not love hate just a love relationship with amazing spider-man i so here's the thing man i will go out out on a limb and i don't think i'm very far you you'll be very far behind me in saying this but while i understand people's reservations about andrew garfield's peter parker i understand that that kind of that version of peter is very specific to the ultimate Mm spider-man um comics but that has got to be it'll, like one of the top tier best Spider-Man that we've ha- had. So even like going into the second one, I mean, we'll talk about this later. So I don't want to get too into it. But like to me, he's the best Spider-Man, like Spider-Man's Spider-Man, not necessarily Peter. I can take early than Peter, but just the way that he jokes, the movement, the everything. We'll get into it. But yeah, that's the thing. If like Tom if and when Andrew and Toby show up in No Way Home, because, come on, they're showing up at this point. Um, If and when they show up, I want Tom to take little pieces from Toby and from Andrew. I mm-hmm. want him to take the quips from Andrew, because Toby always sucked at the quips, and that's why they didn't really do it a whole lot after the first one. Um, but Andrew, I will still laugh to this day of, oh, you found my weakness, it's small knives. <laughs> And I know some people are just like, why is he bullying the criminal? I'm just like, because Spider-Man taunts his enemies. They're like, he's being too mean. I'm like, he's being mean to a criminal. He's not. That's that's what Spider-Man does. That's one of his superpowers is his mouth. 
Come on. Dude. And like when he's swinging on the bridge for the first time and they, he gets honked at and he's like, oh, I'm swinging it. I'm swinging it. Like, yes, that is top tier New York Spider-Man. Like, let's go. Ah. Anyway, so you want um, the other thing real quick. The only other yeah. stuff that I've been watching, um, I had an adventure. I was like, my brother had never seen um, Final Fantasy's Advent Children, and it's on Amazon Prime in like 4K, which Ooh. you know, like, like Final. It's a Final Fantasy movie, so it's already gonna look good. But then it was like in 4K, and it was like, oh wow, yeah, that's that's actually really pretty. Um, Hasn't aged well. <laughs> Has that, it's super. It's way slower than I am. I remember it, and it was not as fun. Um, oh, I watched the first three episodes of Netflix's live-action Cowboy Bebop. I'm um, hearing good things about that one. So I absolutely detest the show. And it's not has and I've said this before. It has nothing to do with the characters. They all seem really interesting, and the the world they're in is pretty cool. The music is top tier, but like the pacing of the first three, it's kind of like my issue right now with, with Hawkeye, a lot of stuff's happening, but like nothing's happening at the same time. You know what I mean? So so the pacing was always the issue for me in, in Spike, I'm sorry, in um, the anime, but like that is not the issue here in, in the live action. Like it is a lot of fun. I think you might actually really enjoy it as well. There's a lot of like really intentional shots that they do that aren't like shots to rip off the anime, but like homage. Yeah. It's like an homage. Like, Oh yeah, that, that, that kind of shot only would exist in an anime. Like you can't like, it's, it's just cool. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I'd recommend that show to anybody. It's a lot of fun. Also, just a friendly reminder, in 19 days, we need to start your Lord of the Rings rewatch because I think it's in 19 days, Fellowship of the Ring turns 20. Oh, wow. So, all right. Yeah, like, I go. need any excuse to go back to those. Yeah, yeah any excuse. <laughs> let's get into some news, shall we? Because it's a Spidey day. It is. So I can breathe a big old sigh of relief. Because Amy Pascal, the CEO, like the president of Sony, once again talking way more than she probably needs to, has confirmed that Spider-Man is not going anywhere anytime soon in regards to the MCU, kind of. So she gave kind of some weird language with it, but yeah. she essentially said that Spider-Man, this will, that No Way Home will not be the last movie that Sony and Marvel do together in the MCU. She said something along the lines of like, this is the first, um, we approach these as three movies, and now we're working on our next three movies, to which I'm just going, oh, okay. I can breathe a sigh of relief, because y'all have known for a while that I've basically thought that No Way Home was going to be their way to usher him out of the MCU and go back to the Sony-verse. I'm still not fully off that, and here's why. I think that now they've reworked their contract, more or less, so that he will be in the MCU and will occasionally pop up in the Sony-verse. So as opposed to he'll occasionally pop up in the MCU, but mainly be in the Sony-verse, I think he'll occasionally be in the Sony-verse, but mainly in the MCU. But more than anything, they've also confirmed that Tom Holland will be sticking around as Spider-Man, to which I also breathe a huge sigh of relief of, 
oh, thank goodness No Way Home is not going to be the end of his story. Because there's still so, so much left of his Peter that I, I want and I need from Spider-Man that we've gotten from other versions. And I'm just like, I know Kevin Feige has said in so many interviews that he's like, by the end of our time with Spider-Man, we want to make sure that we set him as the most important and the crowning jewel of the MCU. And so I think people have issues with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, myself included, nothing performance related or even quality of movie related. They're all good movies. But in terms of the interpretation of Spider-Man, there's room for improvement. And I feel like the reason for that is they've been taking a slow burn effect to get to the Spider-Man that we know and love. Like Homecoming is a really solid start in terms of like, early days of spider-man and now that we know we're getting a new trilogy most likely set in college i feel like we can spread that story out more josh and i will sometimes bring up wrestling analogies it's kind of like there's a dude that just got the championship in aew called hangman page he initially challenged for the title in the very first ever aew pay-per-view he just now won it many years later it's okay do you want to put it on do you want to put the title on this guy now, or do you want to drag out the story and make it narratively fulfilling when he wins it later? Mm-hmm. Do we want Spider-Man to be the Spider-Man that we know and love off the bat? Probably. But, and I've said for a while, I think that with great power comes great responsibility, comes in the No Way Home movie now. So with that sense of morality and everything that he's learned in these first three, maybe the college years will be like the prime Spider-Man, so to speak, in which mm-hmm. case... He'll be more the Spider-Man that we know and love. Maybe the Stark tech gets ripped away from him and he has to basically do things on his own. There's a lot of things and room for growth that I want to see in Spider-Man. And knowing that we're getting three more movies, I can just go, oh, thank goodness. We can just let this breathe. Um, Josh, you see Spider-Man ain't going anywhere. Thoughts? Yep, finally. Okay. I, I, like you, I breathed a huge sigh of relief man i was like because i think you and i were going to go into no way home like and i agree i'm still a little worried about it but like i about just not having tom anymore and it was like it's not necessarily one of those like oh man tom's not going to be spider-man in the mcu but it was like i don't know if i can enjoy this film is if this is supposed to be his send-off like it doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me mentally and story wise, so it was a little tough. But like now that I know that he's going to be around, I feel like I can go into no no way home. I can actually enjoy it without being worried about the consequences. Um, yeah, I'm down. Like let's go. I, I think the college years. I agree. Will be the years where we get the you know the Spider Man we all know and love. Maybe we'll build to a. A three have a three movie build to an actual Greek like a good Green Goblin. Um, who knows? We don't. Ha- I, we haven't seen Oscorp yet. Yeah, and who who knows? Maybe uh, Venom won't show up in No Way Home, and that he just ends up staying in this in that world on accident. Who knows? Maybe they get merged. Who knows? I think I a know. big factor in this is I think Tom Holland, whether he was open about it or not, I think he very much was wanting to be spider-man if and only if it was in the mcu i got the impression of like the reason why he drunk dialed the sony and disney executives was just like i want to be spider-man 
but in the MCU, not in the Sonyverse, which I completely get that of like, mm-hmm. I want the cash cow that is MCU and also the storytelling because we'll get into it later. I still, what frustrates me is he has been the perfect Spider-Man before and then they kind of get away from it. Uh, we won't go into too much of it into our discussion later, but they nailed, Marvel nailed it the very first time that they even got Spider-Man with the MCU, with Captain America Civil War. And then for some reason they've tweaked it ever since. So I'm hoping, I'm also hoping with this new trilogy, if it is set in the college years, this first trilogy will be like the training wheels. And that's why we've had Iron Man, why we've had Nick Fury, why we've had Doctor Strange. And now that he's a grown adult, he won't need those mentors anymore. At this point, if we're going to the college era, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we start taking some hints out of the Spider-Man PS4's playbook and maybe like his junior or sophomore year of college, he starts to be a mentor himself to Miles Morales because... Mm. It can't be much longer before we get Miles, and... It really can't. Like, ugh. Especially if they're, like, not really... They've never shown the spider bite moment. Mm-hmm. Which has always been odd to me, but, like, at the same time, it's fine. We all know we don't need to go back to it. Although it does provide some complications as to where the spider came from, where... And all that kind of details. Oh, but... We haven't had any Oscorp. At yeah, all. exactly. So it's it's kind of odd in that sense, but uh, I think the I honestly I wouldn't be against them basically doing the PS4 version where he becomes an intern for Doc Ock, and then oh because he hold on no because he meets him in No Way Home in No Way Home, and so he finds out that he's an actual person, so that he goes and try like in his way. To try to save him from the evil that he could be, and so that just adds to fit. Oh no! Oh, I don't, I'm not ready emotionally ready for that. That's honestly, okay. uh, maybe in this universe, like we saw in Loki, we can have variants. Maybe our MCU's variant is the female Doc Ock from Into the Spider Verse. Second <gasps> because I've really dug into the Spider Verse's Doc Ock and that surprise factor of like, oh yeah. My friends call me Liv, but my enemies call me Doc Ock. I'm going, oh, that's a good twist there. Um, So, like, also, like, we haven't had a lot of female villains in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had what? What's the one from Ant-Man and the Wasp? Um, Oh, um... The the one that can phase through stuff. No. uh, Or... It's something, something with the white outfit... Spoiler alert, there's a female assassin in Black Widow. You can kind of figure out which character no that way. is that they 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 really undercut that character. But yeah, I think you'd have some oh, people that are pissed um, off about it. Hell from uh, Oh, Hella. Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, Hella. Um but yeah, we can have more female villains. I think I think having the female Doc Ock from Into Spider-Verse would be a, a lot of fun. Um because people won't let it go. Do you think Ned would ever become Hobgoblin in the MCU? No. I need Ned to stay Ned. I I just... He's too pure of heart to, like... For them to just, like, flip him completely evil. Uh, And I just... I don't want that for him. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they not hobgoblin, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do change him into something. Maybe, maybe he uh, it's Peter's fault that he. Why are we always making stuff Peter's fault? But um, because nine times out of ten it is. Yeah, if Ned becomes that universe's Sandman, that could be really where he gets. You know how he uh, in in Toby in Toby's he Sandman only becomes Sandman because he gets trapped in that experiment. Yeah, we're going to talk can, about that extensively, I'm sure. Yeah, you can easily work that to where Ned's trying to help Peter in, in an adventure, and Ned gets trapped in the, in that kind of scenario and blames Peter for not having a life anymore. Like that's to me that would be that's pretty that's pretty heartbreaking. And what that's I can totally see them doing story. though, what I can see them doing is. In Peter's first day of classes at Empire State University, he's, like, sitting in his classroom, and he makes a new friend. It's like, oh, hi, my name's Harry. And you start to slowly build that. Maybe you bring in some people that you almost cast as Spider-Man, like, uh, what's his name? Oh, the kid from Hugo. Um, Oh, yeah. um, That was almost Peter Parker, and I was really hoping it would have been him, but I'm, I'm really happy we ended up with Tom. I'm blanking on his name it makes me mad the live google it hugo oh what is what is the kid's name asa butterfield yeah get asa butterfield as harry i don't know if he's got the evil in him or not Ooh, chloe grace moretz is gwen stacy mm. i think this is where we're gonna start to get gwen this is where we're gonna fade phase See, out I, we might day. skip <sighs> we might skip over gwen entirely and I think that's fine because Amazing did Gwen. Gwen's reportedly getting spin-off movies um, because of her success uh, in the Spider-Verse. Huh? Gwen Stacy's Spider-Man shows up. You put that in my head, that last episode, and now I can't like yep. not think about it. Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever get Gwen Stacy in the MCU, and I, I think I'm kind of okay with that because... To me, Gwen Stacy has always kind of been the Uncle Ben. Of she's kind of there, and because her death is so famous, it's like Doomsday. She's so famous for being associated with one thing, and it's death. Mm-hmm. That to kind of flesh out anything other than that, you have a ticking clock of okay, well, oh snap, when's she gonna go? Type of thing. So, um, also they've already s- planted the seeds via TikTok of all things. Because I'm an old person, just going. Really? That's how you choose to market? But they did kind of give some stuff away on TikTok that um, Betty Brandt, his um, fellow student, the one that does like the announcements or whatever, is now interning at the Daily Bugle. And I'm going, Ooh. are we, are we, uh, are we planting them seeds for, um, I just need him to be a photographer again. I need him to have a job and I need Jonah to scream at him. Make him feel bad about his life, and maybe get Robbie back because Robbie is the most underrated Spider-Man character in existence, and I love Robbie so much. But I, I would love it if in the college era trilogy, he's just like, I'm desperate for cash. I'm gonna start selling pictures of Spider-Man because we almost started getting that with Amazing Spider-Man. He sends the emails in Amazing Spider-Man Two. We were supposed to get them if those continued. Um, I, that's something I would like. There's a lot of things, and just getting this new trilogy alleviates some nerves for yeah, me. Um, definitely. 
anything else that you would like of like I need this in a new trilogy? Not so much fan casting, but just like personality or character wise. Um, I wouldn't. I hate that I have to say this, but again, um, I need him to come up with his own stuff, like completely his own stuff. Not well. I guess I'll use this Stark tech, this Stark tech to come up with stuff. Like no, like if there's anything I love about the Amazing Spider-Man, it's literally that he comes up with his webbing. He uh, on a rewatch, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, oh no 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 that's right he's, he he creates yeah. the cartridges for them but the webbing yeah. itself he absolutely stole the formula yeah, from, from oscorp but like by and large he does create stuff like he creates the webbing yeah. against electra i'll give him that but yeah he, he creates more yeah. than to, than toby did and yeah more than tom ever ha- has at up to almost three movies no tom does create his own webbing remember in civil war he's just like the tensile strength on this thing is great Where'd you, where'd you find it? Made it myself. And then he, like, chucks it okay. in his hamper or whatever. The okay. only one that actually made their own webbing is Tom. Everything else, not so much. Lordy, well, how do you see out of these things? <laughs> well, technically, Toby makes his own webbing. I don't want to think about how Toby <laughs> makes this webbing. It, that still grosses me out, man. It's still. Uh... Let's move on to Across the Pond, shall we? Let's go. Let's move across the pond from Marvel to DC as Batgirl has started filming. And I'm actually surprised because I thought they started filming in January, but yeah. a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. And <laughs> to commemorate the start of filming, the directors, uh, they were also the directors of Bad Boys for Life, which I still have a bone to pick on that one. Of Should have bet on yourself and saved Bad Boys for Life for the next movie because it's Bad Boys 4, but whatever. Um, they took this first official picture from the set and kind of shared the, hey, we started filming, which, you know, us over here who overanalyze everything go, oh, you're giving away quite a bit, actually, in this picture here, because, um, that says Officer Barbara Gordon on the bottom there. Um, is Barbara working for her padre? I... I'm conflicted on this. One, are you stealing Nightwing's job? Because (laughs) for quite a long time in the Nightwing comics, he was a cop for the Bloodhaven Police Department and then left. Um, That being said, I think this is a good change because maybe it's just me who doesn't read a ton of Batgirl, but I, I know my fair share about Batgirl. We never really know what she does during the day. Or what her job is. Whenever she is involved in any Batman story, basically, ever, she's almost always just stuck in the watchtower behind a computer monitor. Or just out there helping Batman. We very rarely ever know what her job actually is. So giving her a job, cool, I'm fine with that. And it being in the police department under her dad that could create some very interesting tension i kind of like the sound of that um josh what are your general thoughts on the batgirl movie you like the idea of her being a cop thoughts yeah i'm down dude i think um the thing that's always been lacking and this is as someone who doesn't know a lot about batgirl is her motives never obvious um but if she is working underneath her padre that would totally i love how we keep referring to him as padrick (laughs) but that would make sense of like 
she's in the if she wants justice for Gotham, you know, quote unquote justice, uh, um, it makes sense to her having seen it one way in being a cop and seeing the corruption, especially in Gotham, that comes with being a cop and knowing her dad has a foot on the other side of uh, influencing that justice, it doesn't seem that far of a stretch to me for Barbara Gordon to be like, look, man, being a cop is what I thought I wanted to do, but I'm not able to help as much as I thought I was going to be able to. The system really restricts some things. There's a lot of corruption, blah, blah, blah. You could probably spin a lot of current day events in there. Um, Oh, so you mean like exactly what happened in the Nightwing comics? Okay, yes, but that's not his like quote unquote origin because he doesn't get to blood Bloodhaven until after he's been trained. So it would be interesting to me to see like that's her motivation. So she goes into it would make sense on why she whenever she eventually gets injured, why she stays as Oracle. Well, okay, well the justice that. I still believe in this cause and I still want to help Batman and all the rest. How do I do that? Okay. Well, I can still help from the shadows. I I can't be out there, but I can help here. So just this idea of there's a lot of evil in the world and I want to do something about it. And this seems like the only way I can. Yeah. I like that. There's also some other interesting details to notice. Like we, what appears to be the film's official actual lug on the bottom here, the all-purple mm-hmm. look. Always dig that. Um, I'll be curious. Like, we've seen some concept art. I'll be curious, like, what costume approach they go with. If they kind of go with the New 52 look, and I think they will of the more tactical look, which I really, really dig. Also, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it kind of almost looks like there's garland on the side here. So maybe this is set at Christmas time, which mm. could be fun. Uh kind of like Shazam uh, is absolutely a Christmas movie. And last, just because I'm a weird technical nerd, they're shooting this on 60 frames per second? Really? Because most movies are shot on 24 frames per second. The Hobbit was weird and was shot on 48 frames per second. And some people were just like, well, maybe they shoot in slow-mo, doing some slow-mo stuff because it's the guys that did Bad Boys for Life. Slow-mo is typically shot at 120 frames per second. Like, 60... <laughs> 60 frames per second is what you play Call of Duty on on advanced next gen consoles. Like 60 yeah. frames per second is that video game look. So 60 frames per second, I, maybe it's gonna have a different look to it. Again, me just over analyzing all of this. Yeah. Just going, it's our first picture. But to me, this also means it's coming next year because I don't think this would have a very extensive post production. Now, I need either one of three things: a picture of J.K. Simmons as Gordon back because that's just nice with him being super jacked i don't know if he'd be jacked this time why did he get jacked in zach he was covered up the entire time it was absolutely horrifying to see that of like that that (laughs) gordon's gonna kill someone (laughs) with those muscles bro for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about literally go google um uh jk simmons work jk simmons uh gordon transformation and just like there's no reason for you to be that jacked. Yeah, it's it's scared. Jim Gordon spelled G Y M Jim Gordon. <laughs> like that dude was swole and then gets hidden under a giant trench coat. I need either that, a picture of her with the suit to see what the suit looks like, or most importantly, what I need in my life 
it's to see what Brendan Fraser looks like as Firefly because <laughs> the Renaissance is coming back. Yes, and it is. I'm I'm very excited. I'm just I'm very excited to see this movie. Um, then it should be this one, and then it should be Blue Beetle, which I'm really excited about. I feel like HBO Max is finally starting to. It's been a long, arduous process, but I feel like the train momentum is starting to chug along for yeah. actual HBO Max original content, which is long overdue. So I, I think this is a step in the right direction. It's just a picture for now, but nice to know that they finally started production on this. Now, something that would be nice to know if we ever got started production on, but it'll never actually happen is the Crow reboot that has more or less been in development hell for what feels like forever. There's been various actors attached to it over time. Uh, Luke Evans, uh, Jason Momoa. Well, now, one of the people involved with the film back then showed more or less some test footage, like actual stuff that they shot as with Jason Momoa as the Crow. And Josh and I are both huge Crow fans, and if we had to compile, like, a top ten or top five even list of underrated comic book movies, top of the list. The Crow does not get the attention it deserves nowadays. And I was always very curious about this reboot because of the love I have for the original, but also it's... I'm not a superstitious person, but I'm a little stitious. Mm -hmm. And this movie is genuinely cursed, like... Directors dropping out left and right. Actors dropping out left and right. Then there was a picture, I feel like it was a year or so ago, that someone shared of Jason Momoa with some of the makeup on. He was, like, hiding behind somebody so you only get the top half, and he had the Eric Draven makeup, and he, he didn't look too bad. Then this footage comes out, and I kind of really, really love it. Like, I don't see Jason Momoa, but I also don't see Brandon Lee. I just see The Crow. And that's a hard thing to nail because, you know, they've done Crow movies and they no. don't always look good. We don't talk <laughs> about heard. City of Angels. We don't talk about those movies. We don't talk don't about, exist. what was it, like The Crow Revelation or something like that. Oh my um, but I was like, I'm genuinely disappointed this didn't happen. But at the same time, I'm kind of wondering if this was let out there to test the waters to see how people reacted to it, a la the leaked Deadpool footage. That's a, um, yeah, that's, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. They're like, <laughs> I just see it, it's Ryan Reynolds going, yeah, someone leaked the footage, quote unquote. I don't know what happened, but this footage is out there. And like, like this, this tweet to me reads the same way as like, Oh man, we found this test footage. I guess y'all want to see it. Like, shut up. There's no way that the, you you're just allowed to send out test footage. Like, that's not how that works. You have to get permission for that. Uh, but God, this looks good. I'm so okay. Look, as someone who was the crow for Halloween one year, um. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good costume, but like I was happy, and everybody. Edge Lord, dude. Everybody I knew was like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "The Crow." And they're like, "Who's that?" And I was like, oh, I'm from the Royal Flush Gang. <laughs> I don't want to explain it. <laughs> I'm Chance the Clown. Oh God. Oh. Um. But yeah, dude. Like it, this looks. I mean, it looks a little like look a little like uh, the Crow took steroids and got jacked is like i'll get out but like 
I don't know if I'm against that. Like, how horrifying would it be if in that in like the OG Brandon Lee Crow scene where he's like fighting the knife guy, if he's also jacked? Like, that is actually pretty terrifying. Um, but who knows if it'll see the light of day? But I'm with you. I think this is definitely one of those like, hey. Uh, uh, this is some test footage we found. Um, you'll want to see more? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It could be cool. And, again, if I didn't know that this was Jason Momoa, I think I probably could have figured that out eventually, but the look of it Mm -hmm. doesn't look like Momoa. And I know some people are just like, it's Jason Momoa, he's too big, he's whatever, whatever, or he's in everything. Jason Momoa, or at least the outward persona that he portrays to people as an actor... I get very, very Eric Draven vibes from him of mm-hmm. kind of the loner, um, man of the earth, rock star kind of vibe, which I very much get from Eric Draven. And I think that he would absolutely get the assignment. But also, I'm down for this casting because I think a lot of people think of him as as Aquaman or Khal Drogo. But he's got a lot of dramatic performances underneath his mm-hmm. belt for a lot of indie movies that go under the radar for a lot of people that I think he could absolutely bring a lot of pathos to this character. And he might have the star power to actually get this movie made. I think I doubt this movie will ever get made. But if anybody could make it happen, I think Momo might be one of them. And just looking at this test footage, I'm really mad that it doesn't exist. Like this looked a lot better than i was expecting it to be it looks the crow which is a very hard aesthetic to nail oh i agree i think too the 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 only reason i'm gonna have hope on this is because and i don't remember if it was in an interview or in a tweet or something like that jason himself has like apologized like that he had to leave the project like he's like dude like it was something i'm really passionate about there were some conflicts or blah 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 yeah he stayed on it for years yeah he was like i really wanted it to happen but it just it just wouldn't it was not gonna happen so uh i wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more crow uh crow content coming our way whether i think if at the very least a an hbo max movie would be cool I think you could. That's totally your your. If you don't trust it to go to theaters, which I totally understand, that's fine. Whatever, do an HBO Max movie. That's fine. That it still gets the quality, still gets the reach that it deserves and that it can have. It just you don't put have as quote unquote much of a financial commitment. I don't. You know what I mean? It, it, I think it, there's that. There's definitely a market there for it, especially nowadays. I have waited what feels like my entire life to actually say this and mean it. He's a vampire! He's a vampire! He's a vampire! The man was made for it, and he is a vampire! Nicholas Cage! Nicholas freaking Cage is a vampire, folks! Not a vampire, the king of vampires! Nicholas Cage is Dracula! And everyone in the world is either excited or very confused right now. And I'm a little bit of both. And I love it. I'm waiting for all the memes to flood in from his interview with the vampire clip of, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. And some movie executive, like, pitch meetings or somebody go, you know, we should do that. Because <laughs> now, Nicolas Cage legitimately is 
a vampire. He's now going to be playing Dracula in the upcoming Renfield movie directed by Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie. Uh, and it will also have Nicholas Holt as Renfield. I also didn't realize that this will be one of the first like major studio productions that Nicholas Cage has been attached to in a while. Um, like on screen because he's been doing a lot of indie stuff, but mm-hmm. Willy's Wonderland indie movie. Uh, what's that one that he just did where he's got bombs attached to all of his um, appendages? Oh, I, I have no. I was thinking into I was the thinking not pig. into the Badlands. That's that's your show. It's something something weird. Um, or Pig was an indie movie. He's been doing a lot of indie movies mm-hmm. and crushing it. People, you all be sleeping on Nicolas Cage. He's in Into the Spider Verse, but he's voicing now. He's back in front of the camera as a vampire. And I'm very, very excited about this so much. But also, it kind of adds to that this is real aspect to the Renfield movie. Because I know we've covered this a few times before. Just going, Renfield, really? The guy that's a servant to Dracula. Like, really? We're turning that into a movie? And then they added Chris McKay, who... I have a love-hate relationship with Chris McKay as a director. Because I love Lego Batman. So much. I sometimes wonder if I like it more than the Lego movie. And then in 2017, he signed on to direct some movie called Nightwing. And then nothing (laughs) happened with that. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll I'll get to the Nightwing movie once I'm done with this Dungeons Dragons movie. And then he left the Dungeons and Dragons movie. And he hasn't come back. And now there's rumors of the Nightwing movie getting turned into an animated movie. And I still have not forgiven him for that even though it's been four years. So, <laughs> going, oh, are you actually going to stick with this movie this time? Um, he's a great director. I'm very interested in the story of this, though. It's the origin of Renfield, Dracula's assistant. Are we going to get other people in the Dracula mythos, like Jonathan Harker? Um, this is interesting. But shut up and take my money. It's Nicolas Cage <laughs> as a vampire. Come on now. <laughs> I... I think what's going to be interesting is what kind of movie this ends up being because and as far as we know like okay cool the origin of renfield fine whatever however and maybe it's just because i like the formula but origin of renfield done in the into the shadows style um what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows maybe by b but still and like Yes, Nicolas with the comedic Nicholas Cage Dracula. Oh my god, dude! That, now you can shut up and take my money. Like absolutely, like Renfield's just like this character that is becomes absolutely devoted to Dracula and like his undying like allegiance and loyalty. And you're like, oh, I that's so cool. But I don't understand why it's to that guy. It is like Dracula, like doing stupid. It's just Nicholas Cage with his regular Nicholas Cage clothes of like a bright leopard leather jacket, like studded <laughs> pants. It's just oh. Nicholas Cage being a new age vampire. Like, like oh. he like wears glitter at some point and sparkles in the moonlight. <laughs> I need this Dracula to have Nicholas Cage's T Rex skull somewhere in this mansion, just because it's just like, like I've lived for thousands of years. I have opulent taste. <laughs> I just. I feel like, and maybe this is why I, 
maybe this is why it's not going to be this way because that works too perfectly and i think that like wraps up our favorite things about nicholas cage and but like at the same time what what else do you do you seriously gonna like i mean nicholas cage is completely able to give a, re- a really good dramatic performance but why would you go with that? <laughs> like, why? Like, bro, this could be so great. This could be the movie that gets everybody to be like, oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage is pretty fun. Like, that's that's that. There's no way that that's not. But also fun. the comedy feeds into Chris McKay's skill set because Lego exactly. Batman is hysterical. So serious, dramatic, comedic. I don't care. It's Nicolas Cage as a freaking Dracula. That's all I need to know. And my doppelganger, Nicholas Holt, is Renfield. I'm down for this movie. Don't even care. Now I need further updates about the other Universal Monster movies that are supposedly in development. Where's that rumored John Krasinski Bride of Dracula movies? Where are those? Where's that other Dracula reboot that we're getting? Because we're getting like two or three all at the same time. What um, is that Nosferatu movie? I need Nosferatu! <laughs> yeah, I thought we got some update about Nosferatu not too no. long ago, but oh, I, I need that Nosferatu to happen too. That would be fantastic. But yeah, count me down for very, very excited to unleash an uncaged Dracula. I hate you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so our sponsor, as always, is Tee Public, where we have not one, but two new shirt designs up on the website. So if you want to check out any Uncharted Media merch, uh, t-shirt, it's getting cold. So get your Uncharted Media hoodie, notepad that you can, I don't know, burn for firewood. I don't know. Um, magnets, Uncharted Media merch, whatever your needs or desires are. Get it with Uncharted Media logo. Support the show. Get it at tpublic.com. Yeah, let's talk Spider-Man, shall we? Because Spider-Man was and always will be one of my, if not favorite comic book characters of all time, because he was the one that I read the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the most comics of his. I always loved the just original Stan Lee and Steve Ditko stuff. I actually did not grow up watching Tobey movies until much, much later. Like, the first Spider-Man movie that I saw in theaters was Spider-Man 3, actually, just because I didn't see a lot of PG-13 movies until I was old enough. Um... And so I like I went back and watched the first two, and then I saw the third one in theaters, and then I've seen everything else since. But I've always had a fond connection with Spider-Man, so we're just gonna go down chronologically, starting with Toby all the way up to Far From Home. Uh, basically, our favorite moment as well as an honorable mention. So at least for me, my honorable mention for the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie is a moment with a level of brutality that I had not seen in a superhero movie before and frankly have not seen since. And that's the final fight between Goblin and mm. Spider-Man. It's that is fight, uncomfortably brutal. Like, mm-hmm. no music. Spider-Man is just getting his butt handed to him. Like, he gets one punch in and then just immediately gets laid out, drops a freaking wall on Green Goblin, makes no difference. That's a good fight, but also, you very rarely ever see that level of blood in a fight either. Like, Peter's got, he's basically bleeding from the mouth and from his face for most of the fight, and it's all, it adds to that brutality and the blown-off mask, primarily because the eyes can't move back then, so he, 
almost all the Spider-Man movies up until Tom Holland, the finale, they have to take off the mask to show, you know, human emotion. Um, but that final fight is just chef's kiss, except the older I get, I think it's dumb that Goblin kind of gets impaled by his own glider. I feel like the writers kind of wrote themselves in the corner of, okay, how do we stop, how do we stop Goblin? He's gonna impale himself. Um, it's just, it just doesn't work. Um, but that final fight I think is fantastic. And I will say though, that of all the Spider-Man movies that we're going to talk about today, and here's my controversial take. The first Spider-Man has aged the worst. It's still fun, but it's fun in the same way that Power Rangers is fun. Yeah. Not the 2017 Power Rangers, like uh, 90s Power Rangers. Like, look no further than my honorable mention from the movie. Uh, Macy Gray? The whole Go Web sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Shazam! (laughs) Go, Go Web! like oh shazam before he knew what copyright was yeah like dude that is mm, it's so funny and it has not aged well particularly because okay let's talk about it a little bit i understand toby's like mental train of like if he's able to create all these things why is this kid not like a scientist and he's being paid for his inventions and blah 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 like i get that idea but to go from that to, well, I guess the web has to come out of my wrists, is like, how did you get there? But, like, this this moment the of, web, like... The web coming from the wrist was actually a James Cameron idea, and I still hate it to this day. Gross. Because James Cameron was originally set to do a Spider-Man movie in the 90s, and then that fell through, but they kept the idea of the webbing coming from the wrist. Also, quick side tangent about... Spider-Man's powers, and it's nothing directed at Toby or Andrew or Tom or any Spider-Man whatsoever. It's more of just the origin. Um, how is Spider-Man up able to crawl through walls through his shoes? Like, <laughs> I can buy his spider suit because maybe he allowed it to... Maybe he's got fabric or whatever that can stick to walls. When he's in street clothes, how does his leg stick to the wall? Does his stickiness go through his shoes? His shoes are not sticky, but he climbs up like that. That's always bothering me going, how? Like fingers and hands. Cool. He's got the little hooks that we get the close-ups of, but your shoes get those? What? The weird hangups uh, that I get stuck on. Dude. But like the whole scene of him discovering his, his powers in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man is pretty like top notch it's not intended as comedy but it's it's pretty great <laughs> when he's climbing the wall and it's obvious that he's just like climbing along the floor yeah. but whatever um and he turns around and goes Whoa! like that is like way to like give yourself away to all the york that you're climbing up a building bro. like what do you do stupid like I, oh. I just need like an unrated cut where he does the woo at some guy on the streets just like hey Shut up, man! <laughs> like, somebody yells back in, like, typical New Yorker fashion. <laughs> just being a dick to Spider-Man. Like, in the second one, when he, the, that guy's like, Hey! That Spider-Man just stole that guy's pizza! <laughs> like, oh! So good. Okay, so what's uh, your actual yes. favorite moment? Because um, I, I know you, it might be the same as mine. Uh, maybe not. But, uh, it is Green Goblin related. It's when, um... There's a lot of really, really good, good Green Goblin moments, 
in this movie. This still, I mean, partly because it's the only Green Goblin, live action Green Goblin that we've gotten that's good. But, um, God, man, when he goes after Aunt May while she's doing the Lord's Prayer, it, really? it, gen, it genuinely gets me because she's like, and she stops at and delivers from evil, and he's like, finish it, finish the prayer. You know, I was like, oh, 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 God. Like, I don't, like, this guy is like methodical and, and he just does whatever he wants. But the top, the moment he takes time to make sure that someone recognizes that he's evil and says it out loud, he's like, nah, dude, you're going to say this even if you're scared. Like, I ain't scared. Like, I'm going to, you're going to say this before I kill you. Sorry deal with it it's just oof it's it to me i still think about that scene and it still gives me chills now i haven't watched the movie in a long time so maybe that doesn't hold up because there was uh in doing this list for the sam raimi trilogy specifically i went back and rewatched some clips and i was like oh yeah that's that doesn't have the impact that i remember it having oh um okay well there's that so that that, that might be the case here but I'm actually surprised. I thought we'd be on the same page with this one because mine also includes Green Goblin, but it also includes someone else, J. Jonah Jameson. When Green Goblin comes to the Daily Bugle to shake down J. Jonah, trying to find out who takes pictures of Spider-Man. And he grabs J. Jonah and he's like, who takes pictures of Spider-Man? Even though he, you know, could just check the paper that says photographed by Peter Parker. But don't think about that. And Jameson goes, "I, I, I don't know. Jameson, you slime. No, really, his stuff comes in the mail. I love that weird, oddly specific character trope that's present in every Spider-Man iteration that J. Jonah is a sniveling weasel that protects his employees. Like, I love that he's got this moral... I love that he's got this moral compass of... He's got some weird morals of even when he's like... You can't do that. That's slander. No. If it's written word, it's libel. Like, he he knows his stuff. But when he's getting shaken down, it would be super, super easy to rat out some freelancer that you can easily just replace with some Eddie Brock down the road. But he doesn't sell out Peter. He's just like, nope. I'm going to protect my sources. Also, some people made the argument of if he sells out Peter, then he can't get his good pictures of spider-man and he doesn't sell as much i'm going no i don't believe that i believe that jay jonah deep down has a conscience because we see it in the comics and in other movies that he does have a heart that he hides it behind his jay jonah exterior and i i don't know that scene always sticks with me and i feel like that also made its way into other mediums because i remember was it the i think it was the spectacular spider-man um, the one after the Drake Bell one that they do a very similar scene of the lizard comes to the Daily Bugle and he is almost shot for shot exactly the same and Jay Jonah doesn't rat out his people. Mm. I don't know. That's an oddly specific character trope that I've always liked the Jay Jonah of like even the worst of people still do the right thing from time to time and doesn't rat out his people. So let's let's shift gears and go from basically what I think is one of the biggest step ups in terms of quality from the original to the sequels only rivaled by maybe batman begins in the dark knight but batman begins is really really solid too like spider-man's good spider-man 2 is still in a lot of people's mount rushmore of best superhero movies ever and it's up there for me it's good 
Not as good as some later Spider-Mans, I think. But there's a lot to really, really enjoy about Spider-Man 2. And here's where I'm going to get controversial. My honorable mention is the train fight. Interesting. That's the honorable mention. I think that's a really, really well done fight. The visuals on that really hold up a lot better than I was expecting it to. I've been watching uh, a lot of the bonus features on the Spider-Man movies just to see the behind the scenes and the making of stuff. Um, And almost any shot that they physically could get the arms to be real, they're real. If it was too much of a technical hassle, obviously it's CG. But I was surprised at how much of the time the arms are real and the train fight while most of the time the arms are fake, the CG still holds up pretty well. There's other times that it looks a little PlayStation 3. Um, but for 2004, that's actually pretty good. Um, the train fight, it helps being in one enclosed location. Um, once again, you run into that issue, though, of Spider-Man needs to emote. Quick, take off his mask and then put it back on him when he doesn't need to emote anymore. Um, you get the iconics like stopping at the train. I think that's really, really well done. It looks so cool. Um, it's it's probably the best action scene of the int- original Toby trilogy. Although I do think it's convenient the Doc's just like, here, you got a train to catch. As soon as he stops the train, I'm back. <laughs> like yeah. what's like Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Like, okay, that's convenient. You didn't just run away with your money when you could have. But okay, sure. Um, Josh, what's your honorable mention for Spider-Man 2? I'm assuming you like this one more than the first one. Yeah, it's fine. I just, oh, I think... It's fine, wow. It's good. It's definitely in, like like you said, Mount Rushmore's of Spider-Man movies. It's definitely up there. I just, I, I'm not I'm not ever the biggest fan of Tobey's Spider-Man. I, 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 it doesn't hit the notes that it, for me that I think it needs to. And I just, yeah. But I can go on rant about the same Raimi Spider-Man which is fine but honorable mention pizza time that whole scene pizza time like <laughs> I, like that is just like the thing I didn't know I needed but like I needed at the same time it's it's so great but like having having this superhero and they do they do it in uh Tom Holland's quite a bit but uh having this guy who is a superhero who has the ability to this basically to stop trains um fail at a job that is so simple like delivering pizzas is so funny to me and it's so like just even the the line hey spider-man stole that guy's pizzas is so funny to me i i enjoy the crap out of it it's a great way to open the movie not my favorite opening of spider-man movies but it's it's just a great time it's just you know i can't yeah I will say, though, that rewatching these with Heather, it is very hard. It's like going back to the Star Wars prequels. It's hard to watch these without thinking of the memes the entire yes. time. Of yes. Pizza time. I'm going to rub some dirt in your eye. Godspeed, Spider-Man. You knew this was coming, Pete. Like, you know, like, yes. so much of these movies just from the memes. Yes. Oh, wow. I hunch. Like, there's so many just yes. weird lines that you just remember for how much people have made fun of it. Um like the Star Wars Pickles, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> All yeah. the dark memes that come with that. Uh, what's your actual favorite moment from Spider-Man 2? Is it the train fight? It, so, I'm, I put... It's the train fight, but there's some parentheses on it. <laughs> um, I like the train fight up until he goes to try... He takes off his mask to try to uh, stop the train. A. 
I understand you needed to take the mask off for him to to emote, but like, that's literally like in the most exposed spot that you could be. Like, there's gonna be cameras. Like, you're stupid. Also, your face is stupid through the entire <laughs> scene. Like, I uh, th- there's a moment where like I I try to put like Andrew in that scenario. And that scene is amplified by if Andrew Spider-Man is in that because he's quipping. That moment you're biased when, towards Andrew. I mean, yes, but when like he's trying to stop the train and some of the New Yorkers are actually like talking crap to him, it's like, bro, like, come on, this guy's trying to save your life. So, but like that section of the fight, I do not, I I could do without, mainly because I don't like Toby's faces that he makes in that scene. It looks like he's about to take a massive dump. It doesn't look... It really does. Like, it's really bad. So he's about to drop a Spider-Man 3? (laughs) With that being said, I love watching him ask Spider-Man, like, problem solve through fighting with uh, Doc Ock. It's not just like a... It's not a a green goblin fight where he's like, well, I'm going to get my butt beat and get lucky. Like he's literally like, Oh, he threw me. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go here, go here, go here. And I'm back. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, he threw those people. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Go like seeing him go from, I'm going to bounce from balloon to balloon and maybe go after the guy that's flying. It go, goes from that to, okay, cool. I can swing here. I can probe and just seeing him become a better Spider-Man in that he's, problem solving his way through fighting a villain instead of flying by the seat of his pants which seemed like he did a lot in the first film Hmm. so mine again anybody that has listened to the podcast for any length of time knows yes i like big bombastic action but i also like character moments and Mm. there's no better character moment in spider-man 2 then Aunt May all but confirming that she knows who Peter is and goes, there's a hero in all of us. Little Henry wonders where Spider-Man's gone. Looks like, basically looks Peter dead in the eye and just goes, why are you a slacker? Like, <laughs> quit complaining. I lost my husband. Go be Spider-Man. Life's tough. Get over it. Like, it's the kick in the pants that he needs. Um... And I appreciate it. She's like, where's my comics? I sold them. Why didn't you? I got rid of them. Why didn't you, you know, sell them and try and get a little bit of money back? Also, Heather brought this up when we were watching the Toby ones. And I'm just like, hey, yeah. So Aunt May has money problems and can't pay for the house, which I thought if they're living there for over 30 years, you'd think they already, you know, have paid it off. But if Aunt May has money issues and is living at the house... And Toby has money issues in living at the apartment. Why don't they just live together in the house and pay for the house together? Like, why Why not? Because <laughs> male freedom means get your own apartment in downtown Detroit. In downtown Detroit. Downtown New York. New York <laughs> yeah. On a college student salary. Like, that just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. Like, come on, just live together. Quite. But yeah, that that moment of do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But also, even if you're not Spider-Man, you still do the right thing. There's a hero in all of us. And it's essentially the theme of the movie. It's the Spider-Man no more storyline. But everything always got to come back to 
these old people in his life, more or less, guiding him in the correct way, going, Stop being lazy, quit whining and crying every other scene, and just do the work. Get it done. Alright, let's get Spider-Man 3 out over, over with. Um, yeah. Although, I will say, the more I watch Spider-Man 3, the more I will defend it as not nearly as bad as people make it out to be. Because but up until the Venom stuff comes, it's really not a big departure from the first two. It's really not. Tonally no. and stylistically, it matches the first two exactly. And honestly, before the Venom stuff gets introduced, this narrative is interesting. Minus the Sandman retcon. But having a fully pissed off Harry come for Peter makes a whole lot of sense. Just, just make Harry Venom and half your problems go away. Mm-hmm. Because he's... If the symbiote is fueled by anger and aggression, who's more pissed off in this movie than Harry Osborn? Just just make Harry Venom. I know people will be like, it's going to be Eddie Brock. Do you want Topher Grace? Do you want that 70s Venom? No. No, you don't. Um, I don't have an honorable mention for this. And I don't hate this movie. I like it more than a lot of other people. But in terms of actual standout stuff, to me, there's only really one standout thing. Um, Josh, do you have an honorable mention, or are we on the same brainwave that we always are with this movie? So, I... I had an honorable mention into that final fight, because there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in that yeah, fight. Yeah, you get surfboard, and you get snowboard but, goblin. Like, it's cool and all, but the more, like, the more and more I think about it, Sandman's the only thing I really, truly love about this film. Yeah, he's the only like, one like trying. Only one trying. He's got the most interesting story that continues through the entire movie, um, and just even like to the bit to the point where his scene, his fight with Spider-Man in the subway, it's still more interesting, both thematically and interesting like visually than the the rest of the movie either. So like it just. Sandman's the best thing about this movie, and it's... I don't want to say the only good thing about this movie, but it's the only good thing about this movie. <laughs> yeah, Sandman getting his powers, I could just rewatch that forever and eternity. I think the creation of Sandman is a masterclass in filmmaking when he's just a big old pile of sand. There's not a word spoken. It's just the fantastic music coming in. You get the little picture of his daughter, and he can't pick it up he the sand just goes through it and it's that motivation of his daughter that basically literally gets himself back together and basically just goes all right this is my life now with not a word spoken the music's beautiful there's there's tremendous sadness you actually feel sad for Mm. grains of sand i don't like sand normally it's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere everywhere but (laughs) in this case Oh, God, now I need an Anakin versus Sandman fight. Yes, please. Like uh, Superhero beatdowns. Where are you? Get on this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Uh, if only superhero beatdowns didn't take themselves so seriously. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man 3, I don't think, is that bad. However, I'm going to also say something controversial. Venom is not the worst thing about Spider-Man 3. No. It's Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane. Holy crap, is she an, an emotionally abusive person? Like, hey, you didn't give me attention for more than five minutes. I'm just going to start dating this guy next to me, which is a trend in every single Tobey Maguire movie. She leaves Peter for um, an astronaut in Spider-Man 2. Then she leaves the astronaut on his wedding day to go back to Peter. 
And then she starts dating Peter for a while. She gets bored with him because she doesn't communicate well. Both Peter and MJ are horrible relationship communicators. All she needs to say is just, hey, I got fired. I'm going through some stuff. And then he'd be like, oh, okay. Let me be here emotionally for you. But no, she just goes, <laughs> eh, I'll carry this stuff myself. And then when yeah. Peter doesn't give her the time of day, I'm going to go hang out with his brain dead best friend, Harry Osborne, who can't remember that he hates everything and have this weird kitchen dance. It just, I hate Kirsten Dunst's MJ so much. She's not a bad actress at all, but the just the, how they choose to portray MJ is just so awful. And she's just a terrible person that I kind of wish got Gwen Stacy's in Spider-Man 3, but... Let's talk about the actual Gwen Stacy, Amazing Spider-Man. Let's get back Woo! on track. Because as we said earlier, Gwen Stacy is like the best thing about the first Amazing Spider-Man. She chases after Peter. She's not my, my best moment, but she's a great performance. Um, also, it's so weird to see Amazing Spider-Man now of, oh, wow. Andrew's very much baby-faced here. He's look, he looks a little in the face. He looks so much scrawnier, which I physically I like amazing more than uh, Toby's Spider-Man. I've, I like that the tall and lean Spider-Man more so than the the more jacked and bulky because it's more of that aerodynamic and acrobatic style of Spider-Man that I'm more used to. Um, but yeah, Amazing Spider-Man held up really well. And I really, really enjoy it. My honorable mention is what was my favorite Stanley cameo up until recently with Stanley is thy librarian while Peter and Lizard are fighting. That is so funny. Uh, I I love a good Stanley cameo. It's, he's sorely missed. The cameos are going to be sorely missed. Uh, but up until a certain point that we'll talk about later, this I think was the best Stanley cameo just because of he's involved with the story more so than other cameos and he's oblivious yeah. and it's it's just really funny visual comedy, and I like visual comedy. Absolutely. All right. All right. Honorable mentions. Oh God, is that a knife? That was. How did you know my weakness was a knife? Um, <laughs> hey, I'm swinging here. Uh, <laughs> the theme, the Spider-Man theme. It's so good. In both of these, in both of these amazing Spider-Mans, is fantastic. Um, his conversation with. Uh, Captain Stacy at dinner blow is still so good. Like where Spider-Man realizes, Hey, like I really am just using this as a, as a, as a means of revenge. Like I could be doing a lot more with this just because Captain Stacy's like, Hey, uh, he's basically a criminal. Like I don't understand what he's doing. Like it just is so, there's so much to like about this movie to me. I'm biased. Um, the quips, the just everything. Oh, but yeah, Gwen, Gwen is pretty great as, as well. And I think I, it's not hard to like her more than M, the M, MJ and the uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah. Films. But like, like, like you said, the scene where she's like, what's your name? You don't know my name. Well, no, silly. I'm trying to make sure you know your name. Make sure you don't have a concussion. You dummy. Like, oh, it's so good. It's just good stuff. Circling back to the dinner scene, what I really like about that is even though he gets in a really, really heated conversation with Captain Stacy, Peter's good enough to go, oh, I'm sorry, I did not mean to offend. Like, he still tries to be cordial and respectful and be like, hey, 
you might be my father-in-law someday, I'd rather you don't kill me type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, like, tries to settle it and be nice about it. Um, however, again, like my Spider-Man 1 moment, Spider-Man is not really involved in my favorite moment of Amazing Spider-Man. It is right after Uncle Ben dies and he comes to school for the first time. And Flash Thompson comes around the corner oh, going, yes. oh, no, this is the last thing he needs right now. And Flash is like, hey, Peter, can we talk? Not now, Flash. I just want to talk. Violently whips Flash around and slams him on the locker. And Flash is just like, feels good, doesn't it? Makes you feel a little stronger. I'm sorry your uncle died. And they have this moment if you're just like, oh, you get Dude. a little understanding of Flash in that moment. And I think that's kind of where they start to build the relationship or repair it a little bit. Because at the end, you see Flash with the Spider-Man shirt and he's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, he's, he's kind of nuts and the chicks dig him. So he's he's pretty cool. But I love that moment because in the comics, yeah, Flash starts off as a bull and they become friends over time. And you kind of expect Flash to be harsh. And then in that moment, you're going... Flash is probably the person that knows this pain more than anybody else. And I, I really, really like three-dimensionalizing. That's mm. a term I'm just going to come up with now. Three-dimensionalizing <laughs> the bully character. Because as, as funny and over-the-top as Joe Manganiello was as Flash Thompson in the original ones, he fits that very well of being very cheesy and over-the-top. But there's not much character depth to him. Whereas this Flash, I, I like. And also he... He looks like he's in high school. He doesn't look like a 30-year-old man in college cosplay. <laughs> he also, like, this is, I think, that's my favorite Flash. Not just because of that moment, but just in general. I mean, Joe's cool, and I really have no feel. I'm completely indifferent to the Flash and Tom Holland's because he's not really a thing. He's snarky, and I appreciate that, though. I got yeah, a hot date with Black Widow. Ding! That is false. <laughs> but, like, eh, I don't know. He doesn't do anything. But, like, yeah, like you said, like, that three-dimensionalizing. Um, there's a lot of really good characters. I, I think if, if The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, does anything better than, than outside of some of the action sequence and actually getting the physics of the swinging right, um, it's the character moments. The character moments, I think, are pretty strong in this, in that, in this, this movie specifically uh my favorite is i'm kind of gonna tag on to your honorable mention a little bit but that entire sequence of the school fight That's like, to the point where fight. he's like he's uh he when he <laughs> when he gets gwen he's like i'm gonna throw you out the window now what, what? like oh dude. sure he can catch her then yeah mm -mm. anyway uh <laughs> don't do that to me uh but even to the point where he's like when he's trying to web up um the lizard and he like crawls around him yeah like a, like a i was like oh hey that's awesome and just like the amount of crap talking he does the entire time is peak spider-man like <laughs> just like it's just I, I sometimes i don't have the words because you just gotta go see this go watch the scene because it, it's genuinely entertaining and it's genuinely top tier spider-man and then we get to what I consider to be the worst Spider-Man movie we've gotten so far. Even worse than Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Which is what happens when there's too many cooks and too many parts in this movie. To, 
think we had MJ in this movie and then they cut it out going, yeah, there's probably too much in this. Yeah. Just like, you know, we don't really need an Aunt May being a nurse subplot. Um, Although, or, I, I do like that idea. I do like it, but it's not... But not in this like movie where we, all have, where we have a whole bunch of other stuff like, hey, let's have Black Cat in this movie, but only for a quick cameo. Let's have Alistair Smythe, the guy that's going to create Spider Slayers someday, but he's not really in here. And also, he's going to be played by the guy from The Office. Going, yeah. And he's also not in a wheelchair. I'm going, oh, okay, okay. this is weird. Um, honorable mention, I'm trying to think, because... There's some good stuff here, but it's, it really does come down to one scene in particular. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just renege on it like I did with um, Spider-Man Three and just not have something. So something has to be an honorable mention for Amazing Spider-Man Two. Josh, what's your Amazing Spider-Man Two honorable um, mention? Honorable mention: the first electro electro fight where he like we see him like actually have to start to adapting like he, when he splits his webbing for the first. I was like, oh, super cool. Um, the way that he tries to handle the situation it is – it's interesting because he doesn't know who Electro is. It, it's just – I don't know. The dubstep still gets me – takes me out of it a little it. bit. But Spider-Man's like seeing him with, when, with – I'm down one web, sing, web, uh, web slinger. What do I do now? Okay, well, I got to do this. So split the webbing. Stop him from – and stop her from touching the – the the metal so they don't die um but like it, it's genuinely a good fight it's uh a good introduction to 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 uh to electro even though i don't like his origin um uh, i love on another honorable mention the little scene where he's problem solving web his web slingers yes like, this i would size, definitely consider that an honorable mention like where he's like legit like okay so they the webbing can't be has to be able to survive being electric uh being electrocuted at high voltages and just like seeing him like problem solve like yes he didn't create the to technically quote-unquote create the webbing but he's taking it further than oscorp ever i'm not gonna say ever would but like the, the taking it further to suit suit his needs um but yeah and can we shout out the that suit because to oh, me God. the, the it, spider-man 2 suit amazing spider-man 2 suit is the if if the only way to make it better is if it got the reactive eyes that's yep i was about to say the the Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit is literally suit perfection minus the eyes being able to move. If the eyes can move like the Holland one does, that is the perfect Spider-Man suit. So yeah, honorable mention I think would be when he's trying to problem solve how to do electri an electrified web. Or, it's just a very quick visual sight gag, but I don't care. It's when Spider-Man wears the fireman's hat and he's putting yes. out the electricity I'm going... That's Spider-Man just goofing around. <laughs> I I appreciate that. Um, obviously, though, Josh and I are going to have the exact same favorite moment from this. I guarantee you it's the opening of this movie. Yeah. Like, holy crap, was this, like, belonging in a much better movie? Because you start off with the Spider-Man logo, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then it fades into these actual Spider-Man logo on his back as he's falling from the sky, and he's webbing through the city and which probably is the coolest um web slinging scene that they've ever done in any of the spider-man movies live action so far um uh, 
He's chasing down the rhino with uh, weapons. He's trying to get to graduation on time. I'm going, that is Spider-Man. He's knocking on Alexi's windows. Roll down your window. Roll down your window. Hi, you can call me Spider-Man. You can call me Spidey. You can call me Web Slinger. Just don't call me late for dinner, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, that. That is Spider-Man. That's perfect. And then he gets all the, he webs up all the, um, what's it? The, it's not. Something contagions or like yeah, radioactive materials. Yeah. He he like pants Alexi and then walks away whistling his own Spider-Man theme song. He whistles the Spider-Man tune. And I'm just going, holy crap, fun Spider-Man web slinging action. This just it just works. Why it couldn't does. the rest of the movie just be this? <laughs> I agree. I agree though, and like even like. To what they the the rhino that we eventually get, I was like, "Come on, you had Paul Giamatti, who is the perfect rhino." Like, I remember. I think you and I talked about it. Even it was like when they announced Paul Giamatti as rhino. I was like, "I can totally see that, absolutely." And then they just put him in a big mechanical suit and gave him a heavy Russian accent. I was like, "Mm, "This is stupid." But the opening fifteen minutes of the is just perfection it's exactly what spider-man is and should always be like i just dude there's no getting better i think that scene alone i would do the like the that opening shot of zooming out from the logo and it's the logo on his back and he's just following oh dude it's so good and it gets i'm gonna go watch it after this because just for that scene just not yeah that's the next one up that i'll be watching later this week now it's time to get to my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. All you into the Spider-Verse fans can suck it. No, Into the Spider-Verse is a very, very... Oh, you sure about that there, buddy. Into the Spider-Verse is a very, very, very close second for me. But Homecoming hits the Spider-Man that I read a lot of the troubled high school kid. Um, it's also the, the best, second best Tom Holland. Actually, I'm completely off my brain right now. Um, just a quick aside, because Civil War doesn't technical count as a spider-man movie Mm. but civil war i think is the best spider-man we've gotten in the mcu like yes i will go back and rewatch the scene where peter meets tony for the first time no joke once every couple months because i just love it so much and i think it's perfect of just the intro shot of him coming in with a used dvd player under his arm that he got while dumpster diving um old janky computer that he's got uh thrift store everything else just like i had a pretty good day today i had a math test nailed it and just the regular everyday concerns that the kid has and he while it doesn't say with great power has the when you can do the things that i can do and you don't do anything and then the bad things happen they happen because of you i've watched this a lot um and it's (laughs) it's so perfectly encapsulates spider-man and then we get to the airport fight and oh my god it's so perfect when he's fighting winter soldier and sam like that scene alone i almost had tears of joy in my eyes going that's the spider-man i've waited for dude you have a metal arm that's so cool there's not normally this much talking in a fight sorry this is my first time like he's just like (laughs) equipping everything you see that old movie star wars how old is this kid tony I don't know. He's a little on the young side. And he webs up <laughs> Ant-Man's legs. And he's just, oh, it's just so good. And he gets knocked out. And he's just like, um, I'm okay. I'm okay. 
But the moment that I almost lost my voice in Civil War, the end credits when he gets home and he's got the stake on his eye and Ant-Man's just like, you're right, tough guy. It's like, yeah, you should see the other guy. It's like, you need anything else? Nah, nah, man, you can close the door. Looks at his wrist, looks up in the ceiling. It's the freaking spider signal! And it made me happy because the spider signal, I never thought we would get in a movie ever and it's never come back ever again. But I didn't yeah. need it to because even in the comics, the spider signal isn't used a ton. But on the Universal Spider-Man ride, it opens with the spider signal and it gets me excited every single time. So I'm just going, the spider signal! <laughs> so... Civil War side, in which case, that's actually the best Spider-Man, and I want to get back to that of very, very small-stakes Spider-Man of, dude, I can't go with you. I have homework. Um, <laughs> we kind of get a little bit of that in Homecoming, which is why I like it so much, which is why my honorable mention is stopping the bank robbers. It's... Mm. Why? He starts quibbing, and then quipping, and then just stops. Wait a minute, you're not the real Avengers. Hulk, Thor, nice to meet you, because they're off on Thor Ragnarok, they're off world, he hasn't met them yet. Thor, Hulk, nice to meet you. Cap, you look different in person. Mr. Stark, you have all this money, why are you stealing? You don't need to steal all this money. Oh, this feels so weird. Like, it's just so Spider-Man. Or, like, when he first, like, opens the door, he, like, doesn't know how to pose himself he's like so awkward mm -hmm. he's, he'll love it and it's just so perfectly done and he doesn't get the job done because he's so preoccupied with being quippy and he's still inexperienced so the crooks get away it's so well done why he stops quipping from that point on i don't understand and it makes me pissed and maybe hopefully he gets back to that in no way home and beyond but homecoming is just wonderful and i, I can't wait to it get is. to that rewatch it is. I, I, I might rewatch it here pretty soon, but like, yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. I have a few honorable mentions. Um, the sight of the web wings will always be like, yay! If I didn't realize that they were going to do that. All right, cool. Um, the uh, When he changes in the alley is pretty funny, too. Where it was like, this is like incredibly awkward and weird and odd excuse to see a shirtless Tom, Tom Holland. Twice but, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, come on, dude. Uh, but Tom Holland's workout routine. Ding. I've, <laughs> I've always loved that scene because, like, go back to pizza time. That is too short of a time for him to just change into his suit randomly and just like, did you have it underneath? Did you? Where was the suit, dude? Where was the suit? So like, this just makes sense. And then like, I do like the moment of when he just hits the button and it goes like gets all skin tight. It was like, okay, as much as I don't like the, the Tony Stark suits, that's cool. That's I a like cool that touch. A lot. Yeah. Um, also never thought that we'd see the vulture and this movie gave us the vulture in a way that I never thought could be possible. They even got Maybe. the neck scruff in the Dude, logical way. Like just the way that Vol they brought vulture from the pages and made him not just this cranky old man who happens to be able to fly on fabric wings um, they're metal wings well no no in the comics oh uh, yeah like, in the comics yeah got, like feathers like that doesn't make sense but like took that and turned him into like a legitimately terrifying villain is pretty top tier i will also say um i i love the 
just day-to-day montage of like, hey, I helped the old lady cross the street. Yes. <laughs> she gave me a churro, uh, which is a, just a slight honorable mention here. Of It's just the little touches in Homecoming that I love is when he's sitting on the fire escape and he's got the mask lifted up as he's eating. I'm just like, that is a touch I've wanted to see. It's the Spider-Man with the lifted up mask just chilling because in the toby and andrew ones minus the upside down kiss the mask is either almost completely on or it's completely off most of the time it's never this like i can just lift it up type of thing and i always remember like just seeing comic panels of peter just chilling on a rooftop either sipping coffee or eating pizza late night on some patrol so i'm just like i I like the little touch of the lifted up mask it brings me joy what's the best thing about homecoming uh, I think we might have the same one, but, um, the holding the boat together. No, we don't. Oh, actually, I know what yours is. Of course you I do. I know what yours is. I never uh, stopped talking about how beautifully yeah. masterful it is. Yes. Uh, but like holding the boat together is really, really cool. Cause even though it's all his fault, it is not his fault. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. okay. I still, it's mm-hmm. not his fault in that he did it intentionally. It's an accident. But he did, and he didn't know what would happen when he tried to stop the gun from moving. But <laughs> that is the reason the boat gets cut in half. So there's that. But it's still like it's still a really really cool scene where Peter's just like he's just trying to do the right thing, and it just doesn't always work out. But he, I just it, it's it uh, yeah. It's up there with uh, when it's revealed that uh, Vulture is the dad to his prom date. That's really good. Like, oh, And then the car ride over where Vulture is, you know, not an idiot. He can figure it out on his own. Like, so intense and so, like, so well done. But the more – and primarily because I think I've rewatched Amazing Spider-Man more than – the tom holland movies which is criminal um but yeah like those those are the ones that comes off comes to my head right off the bat but the more i think about it yours is definitely the best (laughs) it's definitely the best of the of the of the film i will say the boat part i love up to a certain point um it's more or less an updated version of the train thing from spider-man 2 of Mm -hmm. pull heavy things together but the issue i always have is Iron Man, why are you getting mad? Like, he was mm. trying to do his best. Like, Iron Man yeah. unnecessarily flips out on him. Just like, oh, you know, maybe if he didn't overpower his suit or whatever, maybe he's a little too much like you right now. Um, also, I love all the memes of that scene. Of If you really cared, you would actually be here. And then Mr. Dinkovich <laughs> comes out, you have rent? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need... If we get the portals from Endgame in No Way Home and the Spider-Man come out, I need Mr. Dinkovich to come out as a Spider-Man variant. (laughs) (laughs) Of just, I am the rent man. Like, that's bad somebody up. Give me my rent! Yes! Because Mr. Dinkovich is fantastic, and as is his daughter, that Peter absolutely should have ended up with instead of Mary Jane. But the best thing about Homecoming is when Peter almost dies. <laughs> no, when he's about to fight the Vulture, and Vulture's just like, oh, I know what you're doing. I just needed time to stall. And Peter's like, wait, what? And he brings basically the entire building down on Peter, and he gets flattened. And in that moment, it's not Spider-Man. It is this terrified 
screaming high school child that knows he's way in over his head and is probably going to die. Like, it's this moment of we've stripped away his suit. He's stripped away the Stark tech from him. This is the where are you as a person? Are you the hero that you say you are type of this is the character moment. And it's also a moment that I've wanted for a really long time because reading the original comics, there's one where Doc Ock drops a whole bunch of equipment on him and Aunt May's sick in the hospital. So Peter d- thinks, okay, if I die down here, she's going to die in a hospital because there's no one to take care of her. And almost all of that comic takes place with him under the rubble like he actually spends a good chunk of time there and has to think about his future or how he's going to get out of this and so in this moment at homecoming he's not the all-powerful spider-man he's not the altogether hero that we know and love he's this scared terrified kid and i will always get choked up when tom holland does that help help him down here like you in that moment you know it's he's not confident he's terrified it's genuinely some of Tom's best acting when he's down there and you get the mask in the puddle, with perfect symmetry. Um, and you hear Tony's voice. If you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it, which, you know, is the uncle Ben stand in for that scene. Cause could have been uncle Ben, but no Marvel hates uncle Ben, or they've just been waiting for it to be happy. Cause you know, uh, and it's just like, come on, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man! And then we get the... It should have been the classic Spider-Man music because it bothers me that the only time we've used the Spider-Man music, the Spider-Man theme in the MCU is the Marvel credits for Homecoming. When all the Spider-Man fight No Way Home together, I need that music to be playing. But he starts lifting the rubble and you could tell it's great, either great acting by Tom or also great prop design which doesn't get enough shout out but it genuinely you could feel the weight on him while he's lifting it also while he's stuck there and he lifts the rubble you're going okay you actually had to dig down deep for you know like the only time that you've been spider-man so far um and really like michael jackson face yourself as the man in the mirror and what kind of man are you are you a man in a suit or are you more than your suit and it's oh it's so perfect my only issue with homecoming is when he does that and he has this homemade suit at the end when stark says okay you can have your suit back he should have turned down the suit to build his own as a okay i don't need the training wheels mr stark you can keep that suit for a later day when i feel like i'm ready for it type of thing and get used to his own power set that that's the only thing i would change with homecoming uh, i would take tony out because like the whole the whole bit he says yeah. where he's like if you're nothing without if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it tony you literally are nothing without your suit but you're that, super smart but like no because I, you're I'll, not I'll, iron man without it like i would disagree just as much as i hate iron man the if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it is tony's arc in iron man 3 Granted, Iron Man 3 kind of basically goes wipes out of existence by the next Avengers movie where he gets the arc reactor again. But the whole, you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it, is Tony's arc that he learned the hard way in Iron Man 3. It's... Fine, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I just don't like... I hate Tony's involvement in this story because it just... I know. He just feels like... 
an angry older brother that is mad that his younger brother is getting all the opportunities. That's all it feels like. Yeah, just, basically. <sighs> Jealous. My jealous yep. fan. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to a, a Tony Stark-less Spider-Man movie. Josh's actual favorite Spider-Man movie and most people's favorite Spider-Man movie. You've said before in the past on the pod that End of the Spider-Verse is your favorite Spider-Man movie. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Did I you forget we going, End of the Spider-Verse? You thought we were going far from home? Yeah, I thought we were going far from... I thought no, we were chronological order. Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> no, okay, good. Gave then, Josh, a panic well, attack. I did. I was like, I... I don't like Far From Home. What are you talking about? Hold on. <laughs> but no, yes. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, to the point, like, it was really hard for me to find, like, yeah, a, a favorite moment, quote-unquote. Same. The um, entire movie. is so good. Like, the little touches, the big character moments. Um, I think... I, so, let's do... Um, let's do uh, honorable mentions. Um backstories that every character gives when they're introduced hilarious perfect so cool love it um literally everything that spider ham does hilarious perfect, <laughs> yeah. love it um when they actually ask how is his how is his jacket doing that when they introduce nicholas cage's uh, spider-man noir uh and he's like jackets waving in the wind in a cave where there's no wind like, how's he doing that like oh i go perfect. where the love wind it. takes me <laughs> Having um, Miles find out who the Prowler is at the same time that he dies. Heart-wrenching, beautiful, perfect. Love it. Which, um, can we give a quick shout-out to how perfect the sound design is for Prowler's oh. theme? That, like, that, like... That horn? I can't make that noise. It's from a <laughs> I was like, I, 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 don't, don't do that. This the is prowler is now a whale. <laughs> you sound like a like a <laughs> like a like a Wookie trying to do music. <laughs> the Wookie Christmas special. Oh God! Um, amazing, great. That small character moment of Miles on one side of the door and his dad on the other side of the door. Her love it so good. That would definitely is up there with one of my favorite moments. But I think my favorite thing, my favorite moment from Into the Spider Verse, has to be um, when Miles finally takes the leap of faith and the glass breaks on his jump. Because even though he's still taking that leap of faith, he's still not like hardcore 100% Spider-Man I'm here I can do everything like he's still gonna make mistakes but he his heart is in it and that's all that matters at that moment so my favorite moment is more or less the moment right before but I can absolutely add on to the back half of it anybody that listened to the podcast for any length of time knows I love good visual storytelling like mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi when Luke's face is half in light half in dark into the Spider-Verse does a very similar trick of the first time Miles is in the spider cave, he looks up at the Peter Parker Spider-Man suit and his eyes and face do not line up with the Spider-Man suit. He's shorter by a solid foot. Then when he's confident and ready to go, he's eye level with the mask. He is Spider-Man now. Then I love the visual storytelling when he does leap off and breaks the glass. He's technically going down, but he's rising they invert yeah. the shot. Yeah. He's actually rising into the occasion going, chef's kiss. It's so beautifully storytelling-wise. Just 
artistically telling what's happening in unique ways. Uh, just the almost all basically all of Into the Spider Verse is just so perfectly done. I love it. I love the little touches, like when they're running out. He's like, "Good news, we don't need the monitor." Chucks the monitor, and then they go through the cafeteria. We're just gonna take this bagel. Let's try and stroll out. They chuck the bagel. The bagel hits somebody in the head. It says bagel, and I'm going. <laughs> It's Perfect. so good. Um, oh. Honorable mention, though, and it's a moment I think Josh is forgetting. It hasn't made me cry since, but the first time I saw this movie in theaters, I cried, was the Stan Lee cameo. And here's why. Oh. It was the first cameo since mm-hmm. he passed away. And so seeing, like, okay, this is going to be one of his final cameos, it's going to suck. But the cameo itself is when Miles goes into the costume shop to buy a Spider-Man outfit for i think at the time the spider-man memorial like the Mm -hmm. memorial and so uh miles is just like well what if it doesn't fit and stanley's goes it always fits eventually and then pans over to the no refund sign but take the no refunds joke out of it it always fits eventually like it's stan's blessing for miles or the encouragement of you'll get there kid type of just Oh, that to me is my all-time favorite Stanley cameo of just it always fits eventually. It's the mantra of anybody can be Spider-Man. The suit will eventually fit. It will eventually fit your hero type, and it's so beautifully done. Uh, and adding to the fact that it was like one of the last times, even if it was digitally, that we were going to see Stanley just made it that much more impactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's one of those like I didn't forget about it but like oh, it just that hits you where you, where you live um, even like when um, uh, I have to call him Spider-Man, Spider-Man Nick uh, from, from uh, <laughs> you Peter know exactly B. Parker what I'm about. yeah when he like tries to be the one to sacrifice and, and Miles is basically like no you have your own universe to go back to you you have to fix things there like you can't just use this as an excuse like that's gonna be your moment too that it's just there's so much good stuff dr octavia is fantastic love it um god like there's so much to love i love that kingpin legit just looks like a giant brick man like love that's it so and uh, tombstones in the movie tombstones like never shown i love it yeah like love that oh man so so much good stuff no that's uh yeah, it's Tombstone. I was trying to. Yeah, I always get tomb- Tombstone. I always get Tombstone and Hammerhead mixed up. Screw Hammerhead. I hate him. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get to Far From Home, <laughs> which I don't hate. I really don't. But Far From Home is the Spider-Man movie that I'm the most disappointed with. I don't hate it, but there's a lot of elements that I don't agree with or don't particularly care for. I don't like the red and black suit. I know a lot of people do. I really don't. I like my Spider-Man in traditional red and blue, but I think the reason he's in the red and black is when Toby and Andrew show up to get a little bit of costume differentiation of not everyone will have the same red and blue suit, so you can kind of more easily tell them apart type of thing. I think that's kind of what the plan is. I don't like being away from New York. New York is synonymous with Spider-Man. I know Spider-Man goes on other missions, but it's weird to me that we don't see him swinging through New York in the MCU until the very end of Far From Home. Um, the globetrotting feels a little weird. Um, that being said, 
Jake Gyllenhaal is perfectly cast as Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable mention to J. Jonah Jameson's return to the MCU, which I still laugh to this day going um, a few weeks before the movie came out. I was talking to Heather going, the only thing that will make me cheer louder than Captain America lifting Thor's hammer is if somehow, someway they got J. Jonah Jameson if they got J.K. Simmons to come back as that role, mm-hmm. but it'll never happen. I said it a few weeks before the movie came out. And then, and now this special news bulletin from the Daily Bugle. Attention, friends. This is J. Jones. Ah! He's back! <laughs> yeah. And the problem is I saw it with my parents. Heather knew why I was freaking out. My dad had a big grin on his face. He knew I was freaking out. My mom, who started watching Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland in the MCU, was just going, what are you screaming about, you weirdo? And I'm going, that's J. Jonah Jameson! That's J. Simmons! He's from a different universe! This is big! He's perfect! Like, take your Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and shove it! The best casting is J. Jonah! He's perfect! And he's back! And then, every- the problem was, as I'm back to normal and calm, the problem was... No one else in my theater freaked out like they did with Captain America. So it was a little awkward. I'm going, you heathens, bow in the presence of a god. (laughs) I mean, okay, so like the more I thought about this movie, this is kind of like, uh, um, oh, jeez. It's kind of like, oh, I just had it. Dang it. Whatever. I, I, there was more about this movie that I, I, remembered liking than i thought i did uh like the canal sequence is pretty cool Mm. i like that a lot watching him try to save buildings was really visually interesting um i'm never thought never ever thought that we'd get uh fishbowl mysterio like fishbowl yes heck yes um the 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 tingle joke throughout the movie is so good i love I've always had that question of like, why is Peter's spider sense not really a thing in Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies? It is an Infinity War though. Like he, I know that's what's so odd. That's the thing it, is any of the straight up Marvel produced ones, Civil War, Infinity Wars, Endgame, he acts pretty accurately. It's the yeah. co-financed ones, the Sony and Marvel together pairings that it gets a little iffy and i don't understand yeah it's just it's so odd for him to not for it to not make a show until like the end which is just yeah there's a lot i do like about this movie i just i don't like i think and maybe this is a story thing that you and i have always we, we don't like and that's the only reason we don't like it is that i hate that everything comes back to stark I hate that all of Spider-Man's villains are Stark related. That doesn't that to me takes It's going to continue in No Way Home, unfortunately. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I hate that Spider-Man can't have his own world, his own villains. Like it's well, Stark screwed me over. So screw everybody else. Like that doesn't it's just unfortunate and it it I I hate that I don't think they went as far with the illusions as they could have. And it's, which is saying a lot, because I, but I think you could have had an absolutely mind belt bending movie and you just didn't. I think that's why you and I don't like this is there was so much opportunity to take this 
in a direction that Spider-Man had never gone before. It would be like completely different, and they just kind of sat and felt safe in it. So I, I don't know, man. Oh, so I hate I, the Night it, Monkey outfit. God, I hate that outfit. Ugh. All right, what's your favorite thing about this movie, though? Um, I genuinely like the moment when he his Spider-Man, his Spidey senses, quote-unquote, finally kick in, and he dodges the bullet at the end of the movie when Mysterio almost gets him. I really like that. I think it's a great moment. Um, it... It's about the only thing that made me go, oh, oh, that was cool in this movie. Really? It, it, yeah. Like, that was like, oh, okay. That's nice. I appreciate that. Maybe because they haven't acknowledged his fighting sense really in these movies at all. But so it was kind of like out of nowhere. So it kind of, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Like, I I could talk about the the things that I don't understand about this movie a lot more than the stuff that I do like, cause there's definitely outweigh, but I don't understand like why the public's go to whenever now that Tony's die, died, they're like, Oh, Hey, Spider-Man, why aren't you replacing uh, Iron Man? What? Why is that distinction there? Okay, cool. Whatever. That makes sense to me. So, I'm actually surprised you didn't mention this at all because we've talked about how he's easily the best thing about this is Mysterio. Yes. The Mysterio illusions. Mm-hmm. That They're one scene good. in particular. My issue is the Mysterio illusions, like Mysterio when he traps Peter in like the hologram projections and everything else, that should have been the finale more mm-hmm. so than the hallway fight with the drones. I understand that that hallway fight is all about him getting his spider sense back, but have the spider sense be with the holographic stuff like seeing the gigantic uh, Mysterio statue or thinking he sees MJ die or seeing the grave of Tony which should have been Uncle Ben but uh, seeing the snow globe Mysterio head he pops off like the visuals of it are just so Mysterio and they're ripped from the comic panel I'm going you went all in on the weirdest heck Mysterio stuff and I appreciate the crap out of it. And also, you made an accurate Mysterio costume. And I thank you for that. Because Fishbowl and Purple Cape is life. Like, I've always loved Mysterio. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains behind Doc Ock. And so I was finally happy to see him. And they did absolute justice to the hologram parts. Oh, Jake Hall's performance, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Minus the fact that he's yeah. a former Stark employee, which I hate. But... The illusions are awesome. I really, really dig them a lot. Um, even if Far From Home was really not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Just to wrap things up, where do we think No Way Home is going to rank in our rankings here? Uh, I'm. I want it to be top five. I really want it to be top five, but I think it's going to be bottom five. If we're doing like t- out of ten, there hasn't I been think, ten movies. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be too fan. It's gonna end up being too fan servicey. It's gonna end up being trying to be a big thing at like Far From Home, and end up not really hitting the mark, uh, especially because this is another trilogy. Oh, sorry, another one in the trilogy of. Disney, Sony, co-making a Spider-Man movie, and it just 
it hasn't really since homecoming it really hasn't worked all that well well to be fair though in the mcu if your middle movie sucks your third one's actually pretty decent iron man thor both of their middle movies sucked and they were able to bounce back with a third one i'm not saying far from home sucked i just said i was disappointed i know a lot of people like it and that's great that's awesome that you liked it um I wouldn't be surprised if this falls somewhere in the same realm as like Amazing Spider-Man or Spider-Man 1 of solid, but it's not going to crack that like homecoming into the Spider-Man yeah. Spider-Man 2 territory. I want to be wrong. Um, and maybe because I'm saying my expectations are so low as opposed to far from home where my expectations were through the roof. Maybe because my expectations are lower for this and I have a tremendous amount of concern for this, it'll far surpass them. If nothing else, we can tell from the trailers that Doc Ock is going to rip the Iron Spider suit away from Tony, from um, Peter, <laughs> I mean. Same character at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's going to rip the Iron Spider suit away from him whether he wants to or not, and I'm going to rejoice. Rip that thing away from that privileged little child. I really I, don't yeah. hate Tom. I really don't. It just yeah. it seems like I do. I just and like performance yeah, wise, it, I think he's the best acting wise. It's just some of the character traits that they've chosen to give him. I have issues with, but what do you guys think? What was like hearing from you guys? What's your favorite Spider-Man movies? How would you rank them? What's your favorite individual moments from the Spider-Man movies? Let us know. It was like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you see and want to see more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media and as always, Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.